You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica and today we are coming to you with one of our short, sharp episodes with one of the JCN Clinic practitioners and I have today Michaela. Hi, Michaela. Hi. I feel like I should introduce you by full name first, Michaela Hoskins, naturopath. Yeah. And then I can refer to you the rest of the time as Mickey. Yeah. Just so no one looks up Mickey and they're very confused because that's not going to come up with the right thing. That's it. So those of you who are long-term listeners would have heard Michaela on the podcast before um, chatting about multiple topics. We actually did a really meaty, interesting one on endo. Oh, actually, hang on. Was that a live? I feel like we did a podcast no, that was on, pod- on oh, endo. Actually, we've done both, but not up. with you. We <laughs> yes. did the podcast um, and then the other podcast we did was the gut, gut brain stuff with mental health or something. That's along right. Those lines. Michaela That's knows, um, well, I feel like you know a lot about um, many of things, but I feel like you've been um, quite heavily invested over the last 12 months um, or maybe even more, but particularly in diving deep into endo um, and, and some of the sort of additional content that you're creating around that. Although in saying that, probably the last um, X amount of months, you've been very heavily invested and interested in uh, preconception care and also, what do we call it? Pregnant pregnancy care. Hence Not being for any particular pregnant. reason, surely. <laughs> how many no, months are you right one. now? Uh, in the eighth month. I, I think. love that you're not sure. I don't sure. know how they that work awesome. that out because I'm like, do I count it from when I start the eighth month or do I still say seven months until I'm finished the eighth month? I don't know. <laughs> nearly done. That's what, that's what I'm getting it. at. It's nearly done. You get nearly baked, nearly done. Yeah. <laughs> it seems such a, well, from my perspective, I feel like it's been a super chilled pregnancy. I see Mickey every sort of six to eight weeks, but I feel like, yeah, you have, been a very chilled pregnant person you're a chilled person in general so it probably makes sense I don't think so you don't think so Uh, really no no I wouldn't say regularly but like nobody's said I've well the few people who have said anything have been like yeah you're really calm and I'm like well what have I got to be worried about nothing's happening I'm just like it's just existing in there for a while I got no symptoms Uh. I didn't get any major side effects I'm yeah I love Nothing it. to complain about. It. Just that attitude. Awesome. <laughs> so, I do want it out though. When it's yeah, ready. it's like, okay, I, I would like this growing bean out of me at some time soon. That is putting yeah. a lot of pressure in all the wrong places. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> so we actually are talking uh, nothing at all to do with pregnancy or hormones today. We're no, talking, talking, we are talking about <laughs> strengthening your immunity with foods and herbs. And I wanted to 
chat to Mickey about this specifically because she is our naturopath. Um, well, we also have Rochelle now too, don't we? But, you know, um, Mickey is our numero uno and always my go-to when I've got questions around herbs. But we will talk about herbs and food and also I think there'll be an interesting crossover as far as herbs as kind of like supplements in quotation marks and use of them in a liquid herb or you know taking them as a supplement versus even the food concept um, and how that'll cross over so yeah I think it'll be good to obviously we're chosen this too we're getting into that time of the year where everyone is um, a little bit cooler and everyone seems to be getting sick at the moment even our naturopath Steph is out today (laughs) with a full-blown flu I feel like everyone's sick do you even clients yeah just like, there's it been is a, quite a lot rife. going around yeah a lot like, like uh there's still that RSV going around and then there's a new strain of flu and apparently a new strain of COVID like I just I can't keep up anymore it's too much yeah. going on yeah I think I saw a post the other day Maybe it was just even yesterday um at one at, on Mamma Mia one of the main presenters off the Mamma Mia Out Loud show and she's out at the moment with COVID and influenza and pregnant. She's like so bad. (laughs) I've only been sick once this pregnancy and I was like, I just don't want to exist. Like I'm just lying in the bed the whole entire day. And that wasn't even bad. Like I don't get proper sick, but I have noticed because obviously your immune system's a little bit suppressed when you're sick, when you're pregnant. Um, I have noticed I've been getting like a little bit more cold and flu symptoms, maybe a little bit more regularly, but it's not really like coming on quite strong. So mm. in terms of the immune stuff we're going to talk about, I have been using quite a lot more of that lately. That's interesting. Okay, well, let's yeah. dive in. So the first one on the list that, well, actually you've kind of smushed them together and I even have I a question around this as a herbalist because I think they're different yeah, <laughs> unless there's something sorry. I've missed majorly. <laughs> but Echinacea, well, which, Yeah, they both come like, together a lot of the time, that's why. Ah, gotcha. Okay, yeah, Echinacea and Elderberry, sort of we've got them next to each other, but that explains why because I feel like Echinacea, most people listening will know that name. Um, But then, yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about Echinacea and maybe whether you want to smush Elderberry into that, depending on how, I mean, again, why? Why are they together? I don't actually know um, because I'm not a naturopath, people. So, Mickey, explain. I will will run you through it. So you've got Echinacea, very well known. Uh, Got a lot of popularity around COVID chats because something around that cytokine storm. Um, But in terms of like herbal actions, often we see that one as an immune modulator. So it doesn't necessarily stimulate your immune system or suppress it like some herbs do. Just kind of helps you meet where you need, I guess. That's how I explain it in simple terms. It's a bit bit all over the place, but it's very common in most immune formulas, like on the shelf at the chemist and stuff. That will be probably one of your main herbs. Um, that you'll find just because it has a wide variety of not a wide variety what am I trying to say (laughs) a wide safety application like it's not really Uh. considered a dangerous or toxic herb Um, similar with elderberry like the dose range on that is freaking massive Um, and they're also pretty safe for kids like the elderberries for younger kids and the echinaceas once they hit like three I think it was 
But yeah, I'll put them together because they're quite common in terms of what you'd see on the shelf in, in herbal products. And we do use them a lot in clinic as well. Um, Would you use a whole bunch more in an acute? So say someone listening, um, we're talking about strengthening your immunity today. Yeah. However, if someone was just like, oh, I'm coming down with something, um, would these be herbs? Because as you just said, they're in a lot of formulas. Um, I must admit, I didn't even know that echinacea was a modulator. So I've already learned something. Um, <laughs> but would you go and just look for these if you're just coming down with something or is it not? Yeah. What, what would be your thoughts around that? Well, they're still both applicable in, in acute and I guess more chronic situations, but I guess the echinacea you can use as a preventative measure as well. So if you know that people around you are getting sick or it's coming up to cold and flu season you can just add that one in like even as a tea it's quite nice like it's not super bitter or anything so there's no taste issue um but sometimes I'll just add that one in before I know cold and flu is coming so I'm like I'm just getting you prepared (laughs) prepared (laughs) and then I might switch to the elderberry if like I feel like something's actually happening. Like I've got a little bit of a sore throat or my nose is a bit sniffly because that one's more immune boosting. Um, yeah, pretty much. And you can still use it as a preventative, safe. but it's, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily use the elderberry in that um, preventative sense. And just to, yeah, double check, you said both very sort of safe wide herbs as far as applications with kids as well, which, Makes sense because yeah. you do see them in a lot of formulas for kids as well. Yeah. So like the, um, I know there's some cold and flu mix liquid versions as well that you can get at the, just on the shelf at the shop or whatever. And most of those have the elderberry or kids is pretty popular with elder in general. So that includes elderberry and elderflower because they're from the same plant. Um, or they'll have something like echinacea or ivy leaf, which is another common kids herb with um, acute immune infections. Excellent. Yeah. Probably the ones you'd see. The All right. Most. The rest, the rest on our list are a little bit more different, I guess. So let's move on to time. I love time because it's just got so many different things that it brings to the table, but what is it about time and why did you pick time? I Pick time for multiple reasons. One, because it like a lot of these do cross over as food and what I'd use as a liquid herb, like a, a stronger dose. Um, but I pick time because it's antiviral, antibacterial and uh, mucolytic. So it breaks down mucus so that you can like either cough it up properly or get it out of your sinuses, which I love putting in herb formulas because it just covers so many different actions. Not that it tastes the best, um, oh, but it is really so good. True. and. If anything, like you can, you can just chuck the dried tea, dried herbs in a tea and call it a day at home as well, which I, I do done. that a bit with clients with the time, even um, not going down this tangent at all to, for another topic another day, but with um, mold or mycotoxin clients, I'll often mm. use time and start with tea and get them seeping like lots of thyme leaves in a pot and just getting it nice and strong and drinking that. Um, yeah, and it's super and that, affordable. That, yeah, right. And most people 
like feedback wise think it tastes fine that way I think when it's in <laughs> I've had some liquid herbs I think you've made me with yeah. time in them and I'm like oh. <laughs> it can get it a little a little bitter and a little strong but that I don't actually mind the tea like it's quite obviously it's a stronger flavor but it's not too much I mm. quite like it yeah and it's one of those ones yeah. you can just chuck in your cooking like anything you're making with a soupy stewy texture doesn't hurt chuck a little bit of that in there I love already too, like there's a combo of time with like that antibacterial sort of activity and then you can sort of see already like layering these with something like what you're talking about with echinacea and elderberry. You start to get these deeper, um, yeah, deeper layers of what you could apply depending on what was going on with someone's immune system or the concept Mm. of strengthening their immunity. Like if you know you're someone that gets sick a lot or when you do get sick you get lots of, um, like, like it goes to your sinus and you get lots of mucus, like you might be like, ooh, ooh, time. That sounds like something I should be considering. Yeah. Um, and one of those, another thing on that note with like using it as a food medicine, it's a little somewhere in between there really, um, you can make like a thyme infused honey or if you find it at the mm. shop or whatever, but it's easy to do at home. You just chuck thyme in your honey and like leave it there for a couple of months stir around um mm-hmm. but really good for coughs as well I didn't mention this before but it's also an antitussive which nobody knows this word but uh, not a cough suppressant but does you know if you've got that tickly cough it just helps to suppress that a little bit um so it's not like getting dry and irritated which is good great for kids especially if they're like not too young over three antitussive. um yeah I know it's a weird one <laughs> But I like the herbal the herbal honeys is a good option too because if you get yeah. it like if you've got the money to spend and you can get manuka honey doing a thyme mm. infused manuka honey would be like extra mm. beneficial just because all those probiotics. Um, but yeah, it does it does work with normal honey and I found it quite fun to make like some meats with that and put the th- the thyme honey on the outside as well. <laughs> this is tough, starting to sound like a foodie Yum, topic, but it delicious. can go so many ways. <laughs> well that's the beauty of this right like it's not just about what you're going to buy off the, the shelf as far as supplements it's like how can you layer these in from a food point of view um mm. and and give you those benefits so why not actually even the, the next one garlic um obviously speaks volumes to this and um even with the honey you were just talking about i have a client that's done this with she said her honey's almost gone black like that's how long oh it's been gosh. infused which i don't know i should have asked her whether it was actually black garlic but yeah i know people will do this with manuka honey and um infuse the garlic cloves into that like mm-hmm. but i know i i have such a love of garlic from an immune point of view but yeah what about garlic for you what is it about garlic uh, it tastes good. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's <laughs> like one of those things that I, uh, I haven't done it recently cause I'm not brave enough cause it's, it's so strong, but dad used to make us chew garlic cloves, like raw garlic, just one when we were coming down with something. And I have done that as an adult multiple times and it just, every single time stops whatever is coming in, in its tracks, essentially. It's absolutely not comfortable to do whatever, <laughs> you, but you're supposed to chew it and keep it in there for as long as possible and get all of those allicin and the enzymes in the garlic um, just to help like topically as well for like 
so um mm-hmm. what do you call them sore throats um but it has very similar actions to time like it's antibacterial a little bit antifungal a little bit uh antiviral and it's got that localized effect if you are consuming it as a food as well but also mm-hmm. like if they if they can't tolerate that sometimes i tell people to go get the marinated garlic or the, is it marinated mm. or pickled garlic Maybe pickled, pickled. Yeah, that sounds more mm. right. Um, but that's way easier and you can chug like a few garlic cloves in and no issue. I've had people not as hardcore as your dad. I've like cut it up into like, say you get a clove, maybe into like six to eight small pieces and then mm. like swallow that with a bit of water, like a capsule, you know, small oh, bits of, or not like a capsule. Do you know what I mean? Like do it that way. So you're not, you're definitely not getting that hit around in your mouth and the same intensity of chewing it all down but swallowing it and getting it into your system that way I used to do that a lot in uni days um just from like a kind of quick easy accessible cheap option and I I found that helped like you just so much particularly I can remember doing it feeling very congested in my sinus and then doing that with a garlic clove and then within half an hour just feeling like all of that congestion shift that or I, oh, I can remember the time and everything like it was that dramatic it blew my mind but um I yeah I'm with you I mean obviously the flavor but I just think what you can do with it from a food point of view is so powerful and it's the main the immune tonic in the cookbook like that's got most oh, yeah. of these ingredients in it in some way but garlic's one of the majors in that um and that I, I often say to clients like you know, I can give you lots of options and things that you can take supplement wise, but I'm telling you right now, the best thing you can do is go like this immune tonic. Force it'll yourself kick to chew some ass. garlic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, chew some garlic. That yeah, one. It's, and it's, it's an, amazing. It's, is that like a fire cider situation? I don't remember the recipe exactly, but no, it's not. It's so it's it's lemon, lots of juiced lemon then as used as the base but then in a pot you put the lemon with the garlic and ginger and turmeric and onion and you basically simmer that for a certain amount of time and then you strain that off and then you add to it before you you actually dilute it a certain amount with boiling water because if you drink it straight it's just like way too intense so you dilute (laughs) it to a point and then you add honey manuka if you've got it um, and then a bit of cayenne pepper as well. And Ooh. holy shamoli, it hits the spot. Yeah, do it's it. actually really tasty. It sounds gross, but it's really tasty. Um, yeah. Damien will drink it. So <laughs> that's always a good marker. Sounds all right. It kind of sounds like this recipe that I, I think it was a Rosemary Gladstar one or something where she makes like, it, I mean, it must be honey and just onions and then some ginger and garlic and stuff like whatever else is lying around and you just kind of put it on the stove and let it sit there and kind of turn into a not a jam but like cook slowly um mm-hmm. and then you just eat the pieces of onion out of the pot Ooh. similar kind of stuff yeah Would be interesting yeah. yeah that one's definitely more a food food medicine though because i don't think i'd use garlic in a liquid very often just do you have garlic as a liquid herb i don't know if i've seen we it we do Probably. definitely more like cardiovascular kind uh, of style just in that in yeah. that dose range but yeah for yeah. the for the fresh garlic that's got much more of an immune application yeah yeah 
Okay. Now berries is next on the list. Although you've got in brackets things like gojis and other vitamin, high vitamin C, I imagine yeah, pretty foods, much. which is a, a, a <laughs> lot. But... <laughs> Largely, so, yeah. Hit, hit me with definitely, what your thoughts um, are around this. I was definitely going for like those major vitamin C sources in terms of diet too and like things that are easy to eat when you feel like poop. Um, but berries yeah. always easy. Frozen doesn't really make much of a difference. Um, and the goji berries are an especially high source of vitamin C as well. If you get them and you can make them, um, again, this is going to be weird, but like <laughs> you, you boil some water and you put like, I don't know, a tablespoon or something of goji berries in the hot water and then like a little bit of honey. So it tastes sweet and you just drink that. And then eat the goji berries out of the hot water because it like plumps them back Yum. up again. I know it's. Is uh, it not that sweet? Like without the honey? Like is it? Because I no. know the berries are like got that. I mean, they're not. They're so. not. Yeah, they're a little bit more tart than a traditional berry flavored thing. Mm. But you don't need much honey, just a little bit. And you could even idea. boost that with like you do. Uh, Ooh, haven't done this yet, but what about like your lemon ginger teas or something like that for a sore throat as well with the goji berries? That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of things yeah. that were quite yeah, accessible and affordable and like easy to just chuck in um, when you feel like you're sick or getting something. Yeah, yeah. I, I love goji's in porridge. I'll often throw them in there because, as you said, they kind of plump up as the yeah, porridge is nice cooking. Yeah, they're refreshed. Yeah. Yeah, and they have they do give that it's like that sourness, but they give that slight little sweet hit. And often in porridge, like you already have a bit of honey or something in there too. Um, yeah, I feel like they obviously had their time in the spotlight, but they're a bit old school now. But yeah, they they still have a lot to offer. So I'm glad you brought them up. And most people like goji berries, like they're they're very um it'd be odd to not enjoy them. Actually, the other thing I would say too, from a food point of view with gojis is I'll often use them, particularly in winter, um, mm. through a salad. So just instead of using like maybe some chopped up dates or um, raisins or something, I'll throw in goji berries. Um, and that can be quite nice as well, just as a way to yeah. use them a bit more. It's a bit of a, because the goji berries from like Asian area I can't remember exactly where but somewhere around there so it's a little bit more like Chinese herbal style to include goji berries as a winter or even autumn and winter food um yeah but it's so much tastier if you rehydrate them than just eating dried up goji berries <laughs> but you've got all the other options for other berries so if goji is <laughs> yes. not like not your thing you know chuck in some blackberries or some blueberries or go eat an orange like there's heaps of vitamin C sources. It's just about actually eating it. Just interrupting the show for a moment, guys, to tell you about our revamped Real Food Reset Plan. This is one of our most popular plans that you can purchase on our online shop on the website. It's been designed by clinical nutritionists and it provides a two-week rotational seven-day plan that we encourage you to follow for a minimum of four weeks. All of the recipes are delicious. They are macronutrient balanced. And essentially this is about helping you navigate the overwhelming task of getting started with eating whole foods. 
There's loads of veggies, fiber, whole grains, proteins, omega-3s, all of those big areas that we talk to you about a lot on the podcast and within JCN. So it's really about getting those beautiful nourishing foods into you, supporting your natural detoxification, getting your energy up, supporting digestion, and even that brain and mental clarity. So if you'd like to try The Real Food Reset, we recommend jumping onto the website. It's only $39.95, which we think is pretty crazy, but we love the idea of this as a Kickstarter or a taste of what we do at JCN. Or maybe you're a client who's just like, yeah, I'd love some more recipes or I'd like to play around with a little bit more structure for a while with a plan. This is for you. So again, head to jessicacox.com.au to our online shop and get your copy of the Real Food Reset Plan today. That's it. Again, like that variety of different types of fruits and veggies and vitamin C is pretty abundant if you're having like a whole diversity Mm. of fruit and veggies. And again, like this is creating layers already you can see of like a certain way of eating and including and variety that's going to be super helpful. Um, So you've got next on the list bone broth. And then you've got fermented yeah. foods, sort of probiotics, prebiotics, which is obviously a big space. Yeah. But yeah, but I was interested, bone broth, what your thoughts were there? I was more so leaning towards like that gut angle of immune support as well and just making sure your microbiome mm-hmm. is as strong as it can be. Because like that's one of those ways that we ingest pathogens or, or viral or bacterial nasty bugs. Um, so yeah, just mostly strengthening that. And also it's warm. It's winter. It's going to get cold. You want to drink something nice and toasty. And it's got heaps of nutrients and all of those little mineral things that help support our immune system as well from that nutritional angle. Um, But, yeah, I was largely just thinking of, like, gut-based immune support as a food option. Which is epic. Yeah. Not saying that you absolutely have to do that. No one's going to come into your house and, like, berate (laughs) you. There's plenty of other, other options. I'll oh, just come round. I'll mail just you some bone broth if you need. <laughs> come round and force a garlic clove down your mouth. I will. It does the job. Well, the thing why. about the broth. The thing about the broth, though, too, is that again, it's this layering factor. Like you've got like a, a nice homemade broth in its own right. And then once you're adding to that, which often will have like the garlic we've just talked about and often like onions and gingers and all, all yeah. of them, some of them we'll, we'll get to next. Like it's it's multiple layers. And then, again, you might put into a broth, like often there's herbs, so you can add in like a big like bundle of thyme as well. So they're the sort of foods that they're, they've kind of like um, been around forever in regard to immunity and con- convalescence for a reason. Like I just think of even things like congee, you know, speaking of those sorts of style of meals, yeah. for sort of strengthening and rebuilding. Like it's like, well, yeah, it's a beautiful, it's very easy to digest for when you're kind of run down, but also like they're built on these kind of like underlying broths and gingers and garlics that are added and, as you said, that gut immunity and making sure that we've got a robust gut immune system, um, considering Mm. how much of our immunity is integral within our gut health. So it's, it totally makes sense to sort of think about it in a food as medicine way. 
Yeah, which is easy. And, like, there's heaps of applications for bone broth otherwise because you don't have to just drink plain bone broth. Although you could. Sometimes it's nice. Mm. You know the concentrates and you just make, like, a little cup of hot bone broth? Mm. And you're like, yeah, this is nice. Yeah, like a <laughs> Or you of can add it to yeah. um, <laughs> some sauces and stuff. I've seen some people do that where they just add it to, like, a sauce. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily get cooked or like yeah. heated in any way, but that's one option. Um, and yeah, combining all of those immune kind of tonics and anti whatever, anti bug <laughs> foods, you can make something really strong if you want and just keep it in the fridge and just dose yourself every morning. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Exactly. Fermented foods. So, I mean, that's a, yeah, like Depends I guess it sort of crosses into what going. we're just seeing. Yeah, mostly on that gut angle yeah, as well. Right. Just some, some helping, helping hands with those um, gut bugs there and like making those short chain fatty acids that help us out and emit, regulate our immune system and stuff. Essentially, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. you know, you could get more in depth in that. Topic, I know, but... like it's a, it's a big. <laughs> It's a huge topic on its own, but as Michaela just mentioned, yeah, like we know, well, one, we know that there's a huge 80% portion of your immune system is based within your gut. We -hmm. know that the microbes within your gut are integral to that. And then the little short chain fatty acids they produce are critical in our overall health and a big part of that as far as our immune system and Lots and lots and lots of studies done on the different types of bacteria and then probiotics that can help influence that um, immune health, even from like a concept of strengthening versus to go right back to echinacea, we talk about modulating. So it's a massive, massive area. So again, the healthier gut, ideally the healthier your immune system is um, and these types of foods, fermented foods, Anything right from like traditional like yogurts and kefirs through to like obviously krauts and kimchis and pickled veggies. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot you can be including. And I don't think this is also an area you don't have to go nuts with. I feel like sometimes with fermented foods, it's like a lot of things are more, more the better. And like they're quite strong foods. You don't need yeah a lot. So just be conscious of that. I've seen, yeah, I've seen the <laughs> results of people who have gone hardcore in some pretty interesting stool tests over the years. Yeah, so, you know, a, heat, a bit of yogurt or, <laughs> yeah. Like kimchi, you're, you're yeah. supposed to have like a little, a tablespoon or two. Like it's not, you don't have to smash the whole jar in a week, even though you might That's want it. to because it tastes I know good. it's so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's heaps you can do around that. And like, we could chat more around certain immune herbs that we might use as liquids as well, but I just wanted to keep things quite simple and really accessible and like, yeah, 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 for sure. And again, like the fermented foods, just from a, just, we're just talking about those yummy broths, whether it's like a, you know, we're almost talking it like from a soup point of view there or congees, you can imagine like a spoonful of some fermented veggie on top, like yum, that's yum. delicious. So you can just start to see the logistics and how this can be practical. And you can, all these, you don't have to make them yourself. Like majority of this stuff you can buy and have just accessible in your fridge. Um, Yeah. So herbs flipping back to herbs that are super common. Well, I say that, but I feel like the average person may not be as familiar with this. So astragalus and andrographis. 
oh, yeah. constantly <laughs> get the two confused personally, but <laughs> tell us about Very, these two. Very uh, different. Um, I mean, not completely different. So they're both immune tonics uh, in different applications, though. So the andrographis is one that you see a lot in some products available at the shelf pharmacy. Um, nothing's to say that it's like it's it does a great job at boosting your immune system and being a general like physical mental tonic but it is kind of strong like it's labeled as the king of bitters and it's very stimulating on the vagus nerve so um, one of the precautions that some brands have taken to account for this um, in terms of like using it too long it's only meant to be a short-term herb like you know a month at a time maybe a little bit more but generally pretty short term because um, if you do use it too long it can be overstimulating on that vagus nerve and potentially contribute to some lack of taste mm. or smell which is very mm. interesting but yeah mm. that. and the astragalus I do use a lot actually as more of that restorative kind of immune building tonic um, so that one you can actually go to like the Asian grocers or whatever and they have like the dried astragalus root so if you wanted to make like a big medicinal broth, you could add some of that to it as well. But definitely more on that building of immune system. So kind of along the lines of where you'd put elderberry. So um, so you can use it as a, is yeah more of a builder again, like more of a yeah. not like oh I'm I'm sick right now. I need some astragalus. It's more like I want to build. Yeah. I want to strengthen my immune system. Astrodiles if you know that more. you're like got a weak immune system, it pretty much catches everything every time. I probably would just add it in there as that preventative right. measure. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd more often use that one when I first kind of notice something coming on. But you've got to be mm-hmm. quick. Like you don't want it to let it establish itself before you start mm. treating it. It's not really the point. And that's what's hard, isn't it, when you're getting sick? Because like by the time you're getting symptoms it's actually already got a pretty good hold of you. Like, you know, you can sort of, it's like, you know, when you get sick and you're like, oh, in hindsight, I did feel a little bit sort of run down yesterday and I don't know, like. Tired. Sometimes, yeah, I feel like you can get your, get in there quick and and sort of flip it quite quickly, but it's it's not always that easy to grab something um, before it's got its, its claws in there. No, and hence the benefit of having these foods that you can use pretty much the whole way through autumn and winter mm. to support your immune system without worrying about if you need to use it acutely or as a preventative measure. Like these are all things that you can include on a daily basis, yeah. which will be fine. Um, exactly. And then once you get that little that little twinge of a headache or that little twinge of a sore throat, you just add in your extra, your extra bits, which might be yep. those stronger herbs. Love it. Now, the very last, but definitely not least, good old ginger and turmeric, which we've kind of mentioned yeah, a bit already. Yeah, I left them off the list. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like these two, both of them have wide applications as far as food use, um, and we've already mentioned some of those, but I'm just curious from your perspective on like even a more potent herbal, liquid herbal option. Is they, Are they something you would go towards for strengthening your immune system or are these probably more something you'd think about as a food application? Definitely more that food application. Like I do use ginger a little bit as a, a warming tonic and to help the herbs circulate a bit faster, um, but I wouldn't necessarily put it in a herb mix for their 
I guess, medicinal purpose, I would use other herbs. Mm -hmm. But definitely as that food as medicine approach, they're super helpful. Like they still have, um, oh, I can't remember if Turing, antimicrobial sort of actions um, mm. and they're anti-inflammatory. So like symptom wise, great, excellent, love them. Um, just wouldn't traditionally think of them as like a stronger immune tonic in terms of liquid mm. herbs. But mm. food wise, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting in regard to liquid herbs, but it make yeah, that makes sense to me and they logically fit so well with what we're talking about before. Like you've kind of got they've got anti-inflammatories and then we're kind of applying like some additional antimicrobials that we're then like ideally layering in with like the garlics and the thymes and we're just creating these layers again and cheap overall pretty cheap food like turmeric too yeah, i know turmeric is a supplement's expensive but turmeric daily from a food point of view is well i feel like relatively cheap whether it's either powdered or um, having like the fresh root and grating it into things um probably something that i would encourage people just even through this podcast today to use a bit more i feel like turmeric it's kind of got its classic applications where people might have some in the cupboard and pull it out for a curry occasionally. But I try to like use it if I can in some way daily, like I'll often throw it. If I'm doing eggs, I always throw in turmeric to scrambled eggs. Um, if I'm doing wedges, I'll often like, I love coating my wedges in a bit of potato starch first, and then I'll add turmeric to that. So that kind of sticks to the outside. Like it's such a, it's such a mild herb, really. Like it's such mm. a, and it even sweet, right? Like you could put it easily into the porridge we were talking about with some goji berries and a bit of honey. Like it's not going to yeah, overpower you don't need a lot. that. Just like yeah, a, just a little pinch. Um, yeah. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Turmeric porridge. I was going to say in yeah. the honey. If you're making that medicinal Ooh. honey for your throat or like whatever daily purpose you could put turmeric in it and it can still be the powdered yeah. turmeric you don't have to go and buy the fresh root or whatever just stir it in yeah Ooh, but I all like of this. those herbs which like pretty much every herb that you'd use in a cooking basis has some immune action that will be supportive during winter so you can mm -hmm. add heaps like obviously ginger you've said like oregano um cumin to an extent paprika to an extent too like all of them they're still mm -hmm supporting your immune system in one way or the other and they're pretty easy to just add into meals once you know like what mm -hmm. kind of flavor you're going for mm -hmm. just experiment That's a little it. bit too yeah I feel like I need to get you to write a few of these ideas down just some simple <laughs> you know, about the honey and so forth and put it in the show notes for people they're like how did I, what was the honey she was talking about <laughs> The garlic oh, one, though, awesome. if you put the garlic in honey, it gets really smelly, especially if you've, mm -hmm. like, chopped the garlic a little bit. Um, yeah, makes it really watery, too, which is great for, like, dripping. But uh, I find that it smells a lot, so I prefer doing like thyme honey. Like smell in the kitchen, even with a lid on it, you would smell it? or A little bit. Not, like, huge. Oh, wow. Like, you definitely notice yeah. it if you open the jar, though. You're like, whoa, <laughs> garlic. Wow. I'm going to give that a go. It's good. I've got an epic tub of honey here, so I might give it a go. You just reminded me of my um, – we were not me, but my mum was experimenting with all these different sourdough cultures a few years ago, and she did a buckwheat one, and she – I don't know. Oh, they must have driven because we were in Cairns, 
were at my sister's place for Christmas and she bought up the, the cultures mm. and she puts buckwheat sourdough culture into the house in a container. It was so vile, the smell, <laughs> that we had to <laughs> – we tried to put it in the fridge and we could all still smell it, so we had to put oh, it no. – out the back in the back like right in the back shed at the back of the property because <laughs> it was so full-on the smell you wouldn't and it was fine it like it wasn't off but it was yeah it was rank and we used like I did use it while I was there to make a pizza and the pizza was delicious like it was fine it was really had that beautiful sourdough as- acidic flavor but yeah the smell was disgusting <laughs> was it just like a so really rank. potent just that no. souring smell. I don't know. I can't even like describe it. Tang. It was like offensive. Yeah, the tang. <laughs> That's a nice way of describing sourdough. It's like the tanginess That's is it. what you're after. <laughs> the bugs doing their bug thing. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, oh, that was really, awesome. Yeah. That was yeah, really good. I think it's a pretty comprehensive list of things that you can do. <laughs> Yeah, look, and I think just lastly before we finish, the whole idea here is we're trying to encourage you guys to think about what you can do that's easy and applicable on a daily basis to strengthen Mm. your immune system and also, as Mickey mentioned, certain things if you do get sick that you can potentially go and hunt down and use or have in your sort of arsenal. Um, And then even foodie-wise, we've mentioned some things if you do get sick that you can also be doing that are quite medicinal. Um, and I think just very lastly, we're not saying this that this will stop you from getting sick. We all get sick occasionally, but it's a concept of if does something does come your way, hopefully you're able to fight it off. But if you do get sick, you're able to like um, kind of get through that flu or that cold quite quickly and it doesn't kind of stay and linger and you feel like it just takes – you drop of the hat, you're getting sick all over the place. So it's like – strengthening and building is what we're talking about yeah being sick is a part of life so it's but it's good because then your immune system learns more stuff and then you won't get as sick next time so it's quite important in terms of updating the software so to speak yeah oh i love that (laughs) i love it All right, Mickey, thank you so much for joining today. This was awesome. And if anyone um, has any questions, um, you can ask via the socials. You'll find Mickey on Instagram and all of the places. Um, And thank you for joining us. And we do have those, um, I should mention quickly, we do have those acute uh, consult sessions if you do find that you know the diet version of this is not cutting it or you need some backup plans with herbs as well don't forget thank you <laughs> got for mentioning that which I totally forgot about yeah of course like it we've mentioned some of these herbs today and just touched the surface but if yeah you need some support or you need to talk this through um take advantage I'll put a link in the show notes to the um 20 minute short consults that are with Michaela and she can talk that through often it's nice to have I mean I like to have this like a little uh tonic in the cupboard as a go-to as a just in case yeah same can be quite handy yeah wonderful well thanks Mickey love it love it love it love it and we'll look forward to having you on next time so we can like talk all things herbs and foods and (laughs) drool over recipes together
Yeah, we need to know what topic to do next, though, so let us know because <laughs> there's too many topics I can't choose. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> All right, thank you, everyone, for joining, and we'll catch you next time.